Hi guys and welcome to a brand new podcast, The Dugout Discussion, where we talk about everything but football. My name's Gadge. I'm Ned. And it's just Harry. So we're just going to talk about Game Week 24 um, and literally talk about everything that happened this weekend. Um, and we'll start off with Leicester Liverpool. What did we think? To be honest with you, it was what I expected. I didn't expect Liverpool win. Um, going off recent form, the return of Jamie Vardy, I think everything was going in Leicester's favour. Being the home team, um, being the strongest team that they could field compared to a weakened Liverpool team, it, was, it made sense to me that they were going to win. Yeah, I agree. Liverpool have been pretty poor recently, so I'm not surprised that Leicester took advantage of the, the form. By the way, people, just to go off topic, welcome to the new listeners. Isn't everyone a new listener? Yeah. This is our first podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, 3-1 Leicester. Really good performance. Um, three goals in seven minutes for Leicester. Just Jamie Vardy. Unbelievable. He is one of the greatest Premier League strikers of all time. I think people sometimes write him off a bit because he came in at such a... A veteran age, shall we say, where you look at other players who have been in the Premier League their whole life. But for me, he's probably the best striker in the league at the minute. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. The only question I would have is, are Leicester too dependent on him? When he's injured, is he an actual good enough replacement? He's 33? 34. 34, and he's got, what, two, three years max at the top level left. What are they going to do when he goes? It's true, they do need to find a replacement for him. I think I think the game plan that Leicester used was actually really good. I think it was benefited by Liverpool's poor form. And obviously, Alisson being Alisson of late hasn't really helped that out, has it? I don't think all the blame can put on Alisson. I mean, it is a ropey defence all in all. What The only centre-half we've got fit at the minute is what, Kabak and that. And then youth players, if you like. But you think he signs Kabak from Schalke. They've... They've signed um, Ben Ben Davies from Preston. Injured now, wasn't he? Right, injured, hamstring. But what's wrong with Nat Phillips? For me, I, I thought he'd came into the squad, done well, um, and I think that position's just been taken off him straight away. Unfairly as well, I think. You know, you're putting Kabak in, who's unproven in the Premier League. Yeah, he's played at Schalke, though. Where is Schalke at the minute? Bottom of Bundesliga, you know if I'm One win. Mm. One win all season. And Puma Mustafi. Rest in peace. I think Brendan Rodgers, after the game, he came and said at half time, obviously, they were getting beat 1 0. By the way, fantastic goal by Firmino. Well, Firmino and Salah Lincoln. It was it was divine. It was it was exactly the same as the Newcastle match. Was it was a typical Liverpool goal, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it was. Really good. Which we don't see as much of at the minute, but it was good to see one. It was one of them once Brendan Rodgers came out, said that he changed the full team, the formation, and it worked. First goal, that was so tight. That VAR decision was so tight, it was unbelievable. But it was onside. It wasn't like, it was a tight decision, but it was the right decision. It's one of them ones, though. You, you had previous previous goals in the Premier League, I think it was onside, but Che Adams, you have to look at Che Adams' goal at Manu. He was offside by three fingers. Yeah. Which I think is a daft rule, really. What, what is that three-finger distance going to give you in terms of an advantage in a goal-scoring opportunity? It's not going to give you anything, is it? No. I think you've got to give credit as well uh, to James Madison. 
because the way he, I think his performance and how he's been playing of late has really you know boosted uh, Leicester's title challenger. He played seventeen matches this season. He's already scored seven goals and got five assists. He's definitely helping Leicester out, and he's definitely pushing for that place on the England squad. The way he's playing. Well, we've overran with attacking midfielders at the minute for England. Yeah. Absolutely loaded with players. Definitely. I think another one as well, Harvey Barnes. You know, he's definitely got his name on there now in contention. I think he's been a great player this year. So Monzo, you've got Sterling, Rashford who can play on that left wing. It's it's going to be a good Euros. It should be an exciting Euros for England. Well, unless you look at the centre halves and goalkeeping options, in which case <laughs> it's not going to be a great Euros for England because we might score goals. But we're going to concede. Did, <laughs> yeah. you, did you see the thing with uh, we could get Emmy Martinez in goal? Yeah, because because um, he hasn't played a senior cup for Argentina. No, he's been a UK res- resident for like so many years. Over yeah. five years, I think has to be, and he's been here for like eight years or something. Like that. Bit of a throwback to Almunia. Yeah, yeah, Almunia. yeah, yeah. yeah. But then you know, we're laughing at it. But he's you know he's had twelve clean sheets this season, Martinez. So he's doing better than well, any, any England good, keepers yeah, we've got at the minute. Without a doubt, I mean. You'd argue he's possibly one of the best keepers in the Premier League at the minute. Well, yeah. going off current form, he is. Obviously, he's unproven over the long term. But look at the keepers who were proven over the long term, if you like. Yeah. They're all fumbling this season, aren't they? Just with Alisson's just there, what was he even doing there? For me personally, he was in no man's land. He, he didn't, I personally, he didn't have to come out. Kabak could have touched that down. He, Aches the space. Yes. Nice play back. Allison spreads it out, kicks it out. I think as well is that neither of them really took charge of the situation. That was where the issue was. If Allison had come out and come out and wiped Kabak out and cleared it, like a proper goalkeeper, if you like, would have done in the early two thousands. That you know the Schmeichels would have done. Then there would have been no issue. Or if Kabak had took charge and been a proper centre half, like a John Terry and Emmanuel Vidic, and just got rid of it. I think Kabak was in the right. I think he he had that managed that situation. I think if he just stayed in goal, it, it wouldn't have even been an issue. Yeah, I, I think Kabak had that. Is this Liverpool team post League One team? Are we actually admitting that Van Dijk is he is the biggest influence Liverpool, throughout yeah. that Liverpool team? Yes. Yeah. You're missing when you do put Hendo at centre half. You're missing. Fair enough. Some people don't like him. He's not everyone's cup of tea. But when you take him from that centre midfield where he commands that, he spreads out the ball, are you taking away that, well, exactly what they need and putting them into defence? Yeah. You're missing that midfield maestro, which Hendo has turned out to be. It's not even as much as technical ability football, it's his leadership in the middle of the pitch. Yeah. If you, there's a, a video, obviously with everything being no fans and stuff, there's videos now isn't where you can hear players talking to each other yeah. and the instructions he gives to like even to the wingers tell them when to put the ball in the box he sort of helps the whole team yeah. if you've got mid centre half he's not doing that so whether it's the influence of Van Dijk being out the team or whether it's the repercussions of then having to rejig the entire defence and whether that's affecting yeah. it and I think going back to what you said Alex in uh, James Madison's interview after the game he said that Brendan Rodgers had changed their midfield to a diamond because they realised without Henderson and Fabinho in midfield that they were just so much more open to a counter-attack because they couldn't get back fast enough with them being defensive. So clearly teams are now noticing in that and that's why you know Liverpool aren't He's performing to the high standards that they were last season. He said a, a similar thing uh, 
after a game a couple of weeks back um, when they came back from being behind to win. Um, and it's the plan B, it's the Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is a very underrated manager, I think. What he did at Liverpool, that Liverpool team that he got to second in the league, nearly won the league with, should never have been up there. With with that though, did you class that season, they literally had a hand on that, on that title. Do you think that it was classed as a failure to not win the league? No, I think the, sh- the squad that they had, fair enough, they had Suarez and Sturridge who were very good at the time, and with young Sterling. What was their defence? They had Mignolet in goal. You had the likes of Skirtle playing. How how that team was up there in the first place is beyond me. Fair enough, they maybe let it slip at the end, but they should have never been anywhere near that with the quality of work. demon him, Skirtle. Unbelievable. I thought he was just a rock. He was solid. Him and Daniel Lager back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, but it not was, in this season. It was unreal. We were both past it at this point, weren't we? If you look at it. I remember that season, it was... Stupid games early on that we were letting goals in, like Mingy there dropping the ball and just defensive errors. That's what ended up costing them in the long run. We've well, got to think. Obviously, that was the earlier days of Coutinho. If Brendan Rodgers had the Coutinho money, if you like, that Klopp used to buy Van Dijk, Allison, would he have won the league with them? Mm. You know, everyone said he walked into an easy Celtic team where he won the quadruple, whatever it was, with Celtic. Yeah, we look at them now. Uh, it was the treble yeah. league won the treble treble Celtic yeah I think clearly he's a very good coach that for me you go to Celtic or you go for a go to Rangers you, you go to build up that CV yeah you just look at the type of managers uh, that Celtic have had you've had the likes of your Tony Mowbray's your Gordon Strachan's Neil Lennon don't like him but he's he's horrible yeah yeah uh, there, I don't understand how he's still in a job. Yeah. For me, he, the players he has, he, you have Edward. Edward is the man. He's not better than Morelos, but he is the man. You were biased there being a Rangers fan, though, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So, um, going off, obviously. Yeah, going back to the point, yeah. Going I think, back to the point. Alison, I think he's a great keeper. I think he's just having a very bad time at the minute. I think. Even in that game against Leicester, there was a, a save he made from Vardy's rebound, if you remember. It was late on in the second yeah, half. It was, it, it was the first shot and then it rebounded to Vardy. Yeah, yeah. And he flew across the goal and kept it out. And I think that you know shows his quality there. And I think if you look at the past season, Alisson last season played 29 games and only conceded 23 goals. Whereas this season already, he's played 20 games and conceded 21. So that's clearly a big difference. I think that's got to be put down to you know the missing Van Dyke. It's not just missing Van Dyke, is it? It's missing centre house in general. Yeah. The not the Liverpool team that they were last year. You think really high pressing, high intensity wise, unbelievable. Everyone was hunted down at, in wolf packs. Again though, taking Jordan Henderson out on the field, replacing him with Thiago. Thiago doesn't have that intensity. He's. I mean, he's not the greatest of players that everyone's made him up to, Thiago. We're now finding. I think Thiago is he's better on the ball than off the ball, in terms of, like if you compare it to Henderson. Henderson's much more rugged and will sit in front of the defenders. Do you mean Thiago's, Thiago's? Thiago's. He does all these thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, it's but... top notch. He's had about three hundred and fifty thumbs up completed. It's unbelievable. It's true. You look at him though, and he tries to do things that he doesn't need to. Liverpool's whole thing is look at Liverpool. They don't, they don't always make these 30, 40 yard passes. 
it's all a little interplay and then they play out wide get into the box whereas Thiago's now getting the ball and trying to ping a ball 40 yards trying to play someone through 30 yards away mm. which isn't Liverpool's style of play it's the high intensity passing moving passing moving and then he's coming and he slows everything down and tries to do, do a 50 yard no look pass mm. although if you look at the squad Liverpool finished the season with last year the only place like you know they had Juan Aldum Fabinho and Henderson in midfield pretty much majority of the season if you looked at that squad and like right, where can we upgrade it would have been a midfielder who was more attacking and I think that's what they went out and got and I think unfortunately just because of all the injuries and stuff that you know it's not worked out for him because it's not had such a stable midfield like they've had last year so I think you know missing players has also affected how he could play in a top Liverpool side I mean just on that point there of improving last year's squad just last year's squad and even the year before that when they came up a point up in the league mm-hmm. although yeah you look at the team and think well an attacking midfielder might help it did they need to do that or was it they thought maybe it would do something you know you're going for, what are they, 27 points behind where they were at this point last year yeah something like that yeah same points as Man U in the past five matches though mm. six points yeah but I tell you, you know what they say it's best to improve when you're on top yeah, they also say if it's not broken, don't fix it. Yeah, well, speaking of broken things, so did you hear what Gary Neville said about the hair? That no. he just wasn't good enough. Yeah, he's saying he's past it. Isn't he? He's uh, making more mistakes. His game-winning saves are reducing. I think there's a, there's a few goalkeeping issues at the minute in the Premier League, isn't there? Could you argue about? Not this is off topic, but could you argue that obviously the hair's downfall or? recent performances because of the poor Manchester United defence I mean Harry Maguire over the past few you know games sometimes he makes stupid errors or and Oli's already you know highlighted that that is a weakness in their squad that they need to improve on this coming summer in the transfer window I mean yes but also no Um, a lot of his mistakes are goalkeeping errors it's not him trying to make up for a defensive error it is a shot that he should have saved Yeah. a situation where he should have taken command he's not a I used the phrase earlier he's not a proper goalkeeper is he? it's the modern day goalkeeping of yes they're a sweep keeper but they don't command the box as much I think how can you go from four to five years winning constantly player of the year at Man U to now being looked as someone who isn't efficient enough for that number one jersey at Man U confidence I think as a goalkeeper confidence is possibly a, it's the biggest thing as a goalkeeper to make or break sort of situation you look at the World Cup he dropped a howler didn't he against Portugal and ever since then he doesn't seem to have been the same player and whether it's he thought he was on top of the world he'd been hailed as the, the saviour of United he was going around Madrid then it's like it all stopped because World Cups is sort of way big clubs look to buy players don't they you think of the Hammers a few years ago that made his career and it maybe killed De Gea's and he knew that as soon as it happened. I think Real Madrid got bored of chasing De Gea, playing the cat and mouse, the sign cards were, which then again, when he was at Chelsea, that last season at Chelsea, mistake, mistake, mistake. He has a few mistakes at Real Madrid, Zidane drops him, mm. and then suddenly, out of nowhere this season, he's been, he's been on outstanding. Yeah. He has. Again, that might be a confidence thing. I think it's it's not just for a goalkeeper but for any player you need confidence in your ability if you start to doubt yourself then that's when you make mistakes oh I can't do this and then you, if you see you can't do it you're not going to be able to do it yeah do you think the pressure of Dean Henderson being 
obviously performing well last season and now he's behind the hay. I think he, he knows that and he feels the pressure of that. But any any slip up he makes, that's it. He's on the bench. I mean, maybe because in, in t- his entire Man United career, he was the number one, wasn't he? He was brought in to replace Manchester. Manchester. It was right. We're going to bring him in. He's going to be our number one. Yeah. He's, what's, who's, who's been his his number two? Because obviously Taylor Romero. Was Romero. Romero. Yeah. He's never really been a threat. Hasn't he? He's a decent keeper, but he's not a Premier League. Great. He's not Manchester United yeah, number one. Not, he, no. You could see him playing for like a West Brom, but you've never seen him at Man United or a, even a Liverpool. So maybe now having a keeper with actual abilities that other people are looking at and thinking, well, he's a future star, is sort of making him second guess himself. If De Gea does go, or if Oli goes, right, you need to fight for your place again, would you. For me, Kasper Schmeichel is a prime, a prime target for me. I know you've got Henderson, but. That guy is unbelievable. I mean, I would argue that Cash Michael is the best keeper in the Premier League at the minute. How old is he? 32? 32, 33. Well, obviously, goalkeepers don't quite yeah. peak at the same age as players. You know, so he's got years in it. I mean, I think Van der Sar was mid 30s when he actually signed for United. Because I know he'd had a long career before signing for Man U. And he retired, obviously, at being quite old, and he was still top quality. Um, I think he was late 20s. I think it was late twenties, pushing on to them thirties. Yeah, I do think so. I just think Schmeichel Lee's stayed at Leicester. You start off at City, obviously with Peter going. Um, Darlo, Darlo at the time. That that for me is ridiculous. The fact that Darlo were in the football league then, wow, so long ago. But then you you go to Leicester, League One, League One Leicester. He goes through the ranks at Leicester, League One Championship, that infamous Premier League win. So he's a Premier League winner. He's played in the Champions League. He's Champions in League. International levels. You know. yeah, he's played at Euros, um, stuff like that. He's a proper goalkeeper as well. Like I was saying about De Gea not being, he is. If you're, like, you're in his way, you'll get cleared out. He's an old-fashioned one, isn't he, yeah. compared to like, you know, the new, and I think the new style might, of keeper. That might come with being Peter Schmeichel's son. I imagine it was drilled into him being young, that he's going to be a proper goalkeeper. Yeah, I, I mean, he would be perfect for United, I think. Um, we'll just go on to the City, City Tottenham game, Edison's ball oh, to Gundogan. Yeah, give him more assists this season than Thiago. Was that, was that for the third goal where Davison Sanchez flopped like a salmon? Yeah. That. Sean was in a John Terry. Hey. See, and that is, that is, you know, is that the debate why Edison will be better than Schmeichel? Because, you know, can Schmeichel do that? Schmeichel won Champions exactly. League though he, he was no 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 I mean Casper yeah. oh Casper mm, that's very true even then though Edison's got a blopping him again and again hasn't he drops, he's dropped hollows in his time he's, I think every keeper does though doesn't it like, yeah, everyone makes mistakes I think the main difference between a top keeper and a world class keeper is consistency yeah. how often does Manuel Mayer do you think make a mistake that costs a goal because I can't sit here and think of one that comes to mind straight away, whereas you probably could for most other keepers. No, you know the Yano Blacks, the Nuyas, like I said, the Tostegans, they don't tend to make mistakes. If they concede a goal, it's a goal that wasn't going to be stopped. Well, speaking of Edison, we may as well go into the City match. Yeah. Um, nine nine league wins for the month. Um, the record, that isn't it. The record, yeah. Only team to win nine. Continue the form. I don't see them losing the Premier League now, to be honest. It's theirs. Um, they'll run away with it now. Everyone else is sort of fumbling over themselves and they're just going to win it by at least 10, 15 points. 
I think they were absolutely, they were really good against really good against Tottenham. I think that goal, well, the free kick Harry Kane puts hits hits the post. It could have been a totally different game. However, City just outclassed him every single inch of grass. It's Pep Guardiola's football, it's true, isn't it? True. Look, every team he's been on, he's broke records everywhere. Okay, so here's one for you. Obviously, as you know, City have not been too great at penalties this season. They've missed a few. Um, so what do you think of the situation? I know there's a lot of talk about Edison taking a penalty because apparently he's unbelievable at them. Um, Pep said that he admired that Rodri took the penalty against Tottenham. Yeah. So he admired the courage, but... You know, it was an awful penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, he should not have saved that. Hit his hand and went in, so I think then they do need to sort that issue out and pretty fast. Well, I think Guardiola said, yeah, like you said, he'd respected the courage, but he wasn't pleased with it. It yeah. wasn't good enough, and he sees it as a real problem. He, he said himself, there's no no one fit with that unbelievable talent of scoring penalties that's what he said in his interview huh. so I think if Aguero was fit and he was like the main striker it would be him wouldn't it that's but what I mean he's took the penalties there for you know I think that's because who's Man City's striker they don't have a striker do they no you, you have Jesus who but even then he's more is of like he, his is new he? Firmino you know the what Messi invented if you like or the what Cruyff invented as a manager of the false nine where it's not a striker it's someone playing in between the wingers and drifting but do you not think sometimes a Premier League team needs a, a strike? I just uh, you spend all these hundreds of millions, but when we're playing on a Sunday, you get fouled, or even pro clubs you get fouled. Even pro pro clubs is nothing to do with football; it is a game. But on a Sunday, you get fouled. You're taking the penalty, and you're burying that penalty. Why is a big club like City? I know it's not against top class goalkeepers. Can you really talk about um, burying <laughs> penalties, Alex? Even not against top class goalkeepers. Okay, uh, got a penalty saved by Harry. We won't talk about that. Yeah, we will talk about it during the time, maybe. <laughs> I think going back to your comment about the top striker, you know, saying all oh, they haven't got a top striker, Jesus is the best they've got, but they're still top of the league. So how have we worked that out? Because Aguero has been out pretty much all season. season, and they've, they've managed. Look at the, the the top. You can't be top without, you know, unless you've got a good reason to be up there. That being said, though, is. It's similar, I think, to when Leicester won the league. They win, although they win the league, and now Man City are playing really well. Obviously, they started off a bit ropey. They've never been like the outstanding team in the league this season. No one has that's the issue. Like when Leicester won the league, City were off. Chelsea were fourteenth in the league for most of the season. It was one of those seasons where it was sort of like anyone with half a decent run's going to win it. How many teams have overtook? Top space. There's been, I think, there's been nine teams, hasn't there, or something like that this season who've been top. But I didn't argue the fact that the city haven't lost now for what, fifteen games in a row. They've been tough like unbeaten that. fifteen games in a row in all competitions, obviously. And I think it's since you know this Stones and Diaz well, it, partnership, yeah. just, you know, solidified Man City, and they've just been winning games. It's not the Man City that we used to know, where they'd win three 0 four 0 It's been much more tidy and you know. To joy to watch though yeah of course always yeah. is it's always entertaining football it's not boring yeah, matches always Phil Ford and even though I know he didn't get on the score sheet against Tottenham but you sit and watch him and you're in awe with him that guy is uh, he's a born talent got to be in the Euros team as well surely he's got to even be even if he's not in the starting level every game no yeah he's, he's, he's got, got to be player, there isn't he? He, I think he will become a City legend and Hopefully a Premier League legend, unless the big money moves there to 
your European league clubs. But he's a he's a mank. He's city through and through. Yeah, has always wanted to play. I was reading something the other day, and um, they'd went in, um, and it was school. Went to go look at players that was non good enough, and these people were seven that, years yeah. seven years above him. This guy was four or five year old. The scout had went okay. There's your contact detail. He's been a city player since. He's a footballer as well, isn't he? He loves football. You can tell just by looking at him. You see things on Facebook and all social media all the time where like he's present, he's meant to be presenting awards at schools and we're finding missing because he's got to play football with kids. Yeah, it's like he's a footballer. He wants to play football and he wants to do it for Man City. I think is the main thing, which is going to go in their favor yeah. massively. And I think you know even last season he didn't play that much. It was more off the bench. I think the years he's spent now with being there with De Bruyne and David Silva and players like that, it can only make him you know better. And I think he's learned probably you know imagine being understudies to those guys are just going to be an unbelievable player aren't you I think he's starting to fit into David Silva's shoes that he left I, I think, agree with that I think, I think he's he might, more goals as well though. He, he may well grow them oh yeah yeah did you, there was an interview wasn't there with him and De Bruyne I think it was on, on Sky Sports and it was like do you prefer to score or assist De Bruyne said assist and Foden said score he said I love setting goals up but there's no better feeling than scoring a goal I think you know that's Bruce because he just he just chip in with goals now well, how many goals has he got he's um was he City's until Gundogan obviously scored well you know, he scored too many goals now but he was City's top goal scorer up until the brace against Tottenham I believe he was the other top goal scorer yeah Gundogan how how good has he no. been he seems to have come from nowhere as well he seemed whether it's because now he's more influential in the team you know with your losses like David Silva whether it's more of a there's more input from each of the midfielders or whether it's it's just, just coming to form guys he's been really I think going on a fancy football he had 12 points in his first 10 matches he's gained now I think it's over 111 points in the past 10 games like, I know fantasy doesn't obviously it does pick up on players performances and goals and assists but that just goes to show he's excelled with De Bruyne being injured he's only about 6 million on the fantasy thing as well Exactly. So you put the team, you've got wins. I mean, I've still got Raul Jimenez in my fantasy league, so I'm clearly not going anywhere, am I? I've had Addison since the start. <laughs> well, I'm, it looks like I'm I just the give only up, one. mate. I give up. People tell me how many points I've got, and I'm like, oh yeah, but I've, not, I've deleted the app since November. <laughs> I've been top since game week six. I'm not letting it go. Still <laughs> yeah. top now. My strike partnership with them, Raul Jimenez and Dominic Carlo Lewin, may well be going down the pan. Both injured. I think Everton really missed him against Fulham. Yeah, massively. He's he's their main player, and I think you look at him and think, well, we conceded two goals, we do scored many. But I think it's that thing that having a big striker and him doing something changes the game completely. He might have scored, he might have held the ball up more. Scored, it might, it might have been a nil-nil draw if he was playing. He could have had a bigger impact on the defensive side of the game as well. I think could it be could it be really bad for Everton losing DCL? Um, and as we're recording now, West Ham win three nil. Um, what position are the fifth? Going at the fourth now. No, the fourth, oh yeah. yeah, well Everton, Everton the seventh now. Two games hands. in hand. It was two games in hand on Liverpool before we were recording, and three points behind. Um, so I guess that would be the same with West Ham losing DCL. Is that going to be? Is it going to be really bad for Everton? I think. I think Fulham played excellent. I think the way they had the tactics out was brilliant and I think it, it worked for them really well. 
do have to understand as well that Everton midweek played in the FA Cup, didn't they? They played 120 minutes against Tottenham. So obviously, you know, that's going to be tired legs. And the game before was United, where they scored in the 95th minute. So you can understand why, you know, I think fatigue was not was an issue for Everton players. Yeah, and you look at the um, the Tottenham game as well, obviously. That was a full-strength team. They didn't rest players like a lot of teams do in the FA Cup. So all those players playing against Fulham will have played near enough for full 120 minutes. Really yeah. enjoyable match that as well. It was. End-to-end FA Cup Classic, you don't really get them anymore. People are more conservative and I think yeah. the FA Cup to some teams aren't... It's not a priority, It's it? not a priority, no. Um, fans always love the FA Cup because it's like, it's the English Cup you want to win. You know what I mean? Obviously, you want to win the Premier League, but for every for everyone that's not a big six team, the League Cup, or it's called the Carabao Cup, and yeah. the FA Cup are the two you want to win. But obviously, with every team in England, you're not being in the FA Cup. It's sort of like, you want an upset, you want a little team to win it. Uh, I think, like going back on Everton, being tired, had a good match against Man U, obviously got a point there. The, you have a great match, great win against Tottenham. But I just think they didn't perform yesterday whatsoever at all. And to be honest, fair play, Scotty Parker, a great player and great manager. I think Fulham have had a really good... They, they were a really good football inside for me and it's just a shame that they are down there. I think the part of the reason they're down there is if you look at a lot of the early games, they seem to get quite unlucky. I don't know you talk about looking football all you want, but I do think they were very unlucky in a lot of those games, whether it be like a fluky goal or mistakes that their players make. cost them points, but it was one mistake in a game that cost them a point or cost them two points, which is a lot. Especially if you're fighting relegation, those extra points that you pick up for draws can make all the difference. We think they've took points off Liverpool this season, beat Leicester early on in the season, and now two Josh Meyer goals, the guy from Sunderland, League One Sunderland, goes to Bordeaux and then scores two in the Premier League. I think him and Luckman, Luckman, the fact that Everton let him go, went to go to Leipzig, obviously he's found himself on loan at Fulham. He has been, apart from the chip penalty, which awful chip penalty. <laughs> well, there's another team that cost themselves points with penalties, aren't they? What was it, about three games in a row? Where um, yeah. Yeah, they couldn't take one good bet, so they like. Cavalero was just skying them for days. Mitrovic and Mitrovic, yeah. Came off the crossbar, wasn't he? To be fair, I think on Scott Parker, every time I've seen him do like a post-match interview, he's never made an excuse. Right? No, like, he's just like, literally just said, like, the intensity he's not there or something. I think he's been a proper, like, you know, gentleman, sort of, about his... You know how his team's been doing, and I think you know he's he's paying off now. I think he's a good manager, and hopefully he can keep them up. But I think it'll be a, a struggle for them. I don't see them getting relegated personally. I think that this will be that run that keeps them up. And I think we'll be in the Premier League again soon. So we'll have to wait and see. We will. Um, West Brom. Did you see their match at the weekend? <sighs> yeah, man, you the fact that Harry Maguire can go after the, after the match one all draw at West Brom and go the Hawthorns is a hard place to play at. Given that West Brom have lost the last six home games and conceded 32 home goals in 12 games, sort of contradicts that statement. Um, being beaten 5-0, conceding 5 against a Leeds, I think, well the other week. Is it that difficult of a place to go for a Man United team with the likes of Bruno, Rashford, Harry Maguire? <laughs> I love how you said that quietly there. <laughs> the captain is um, great defender. Do you think? No. <laughs> I thought you were actually being serious there as well. <laughs> no, he just loves to play people on side. I mean, you go back to the Everton game, he gave them a point, but um, De Gea wasn't great, didn't cover himself in glory, but 
Yeah. And Jai, he, he should have got a hat trick. It was the one where he hit with the outside of his right foot for some reason, skied it as well. He just didn't get it. When he fouled Maguire, which he didn't, Maguire took the absolute mick with, oh, he's, I'm going to get fouled here. He outstrengths him. He has the shot, which for me is a poor first shot. And then the attempt, the rebound, he, why didn't he go and header it? I don't know, but someone built like a farmer, Maguire goes down really easily, doesn't he? Yeah, he went down easily for the penalty and said that it was definitely a penalty. Yeah. It, for me, that was not a penalty, and Sooners backed it up because everything Sooners says is right. <laughs> and you look at the goal that West Brom did score, actually, I thought that Lindelof should have been stronger. Oh, Lindelof. Lindelof and Aaron Wambasaka love each other's aftershaves because <laughs> that's all they do. They're next to each other all the time. I think it's a, a common theme this year, this year with United that they always go behind, don't they? That's how they've won most of the games. They go behind and then they come back. Happens time and time again, and obviously they just didn't have enough enough firepower to see West Brom out. No. Obviously, clearly shows the big Sam many goals. shut the door and they couldn't get through it. Well, he done that. Did he? No, it wasn't him. It was um, Slavin Bilic one all, one all against City. Sam Johnston, unbelievable saves for me. That save yesterday, last minute of the game. Well, more or less the last kick of the game. For me, well, Harry's a specialist. He won't say it's a good save, but it was a great, great, great save. It was a good save. If he'd have conceded that, we'd be sat here now slating him, saying he costed them the point. Oh. It was a header from 15 yards out. It was a great header. From 15 yards out. There was no pace on it. He had <sighs> time to get across his goal. I thought he, he clawed it. He clawed it out of his goal. That was going yeah, in. Yeah, because he could see all the cameras around him, waiting to take a photo. It was a camera save. Do you think it was a camera save? Or do you think that was I a... Think, I think it was a solid save, yeah. I think he'd done well to save that. It was a good save. I'm not saying it wasn't a good save. If he'd have conceded it, would you have given it grief? It was a great save. We always give him grief regardless. <laughs> it was a really, really, really... It was a great save. It's a yeah. save that the likes of Casper Schmeichel, Alison, Lloris make weekly and you go, oh, that's a good save. It's a good save. Speaking of saves, let's go to a game where there's plenty of goals. That was the Arsenal-Leeds. Um, I think Arsenal got the tactics spot on I think Arteta did really well from what I've seen um, you know Leeds are very man-to-man that's how they play isn't it that's how Bielsa likes to play his football man-to-man all over the pitch I think Arteta moved the ball around a lot and created a lot of space I think he got first half they scored three goals in the first half then the fourth one straight after half time so I think, I think he couldn't have done any better with what he did I think his tactics were spot on for that game see Meslier's mistake Bob, see that about Mung's first goals yeah where he was dribbling it and he was like oh duh, duh, duh. Oh, that was a good thing. Um, played well. It, it, it was, was he it? was near post, wasn't it? But yeah. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was where he was dribbling. I'm not sure. Was no, it? The was it the, the penalty? No, the first goal was um, Aubameyang came off the left, put in the near post. Yeah. Uh, it, there was two defenders ailing and. Oh, some I know which one you mean. Yeah. Was it? Was it the penalty that he? They just, they just got. They just got away with a penalty. Yeah. And then yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, it was definite. Yeah. was like, he made that big massive mistake. Yeah, that's what was the one who's given us penalty. Smith Rowe again performance. He's just since he he's such a player Arsenal need. So simple but so effective. Doesn't look for them daft passes. It's nice easy football. And he runs off that ball straight away. I think one big thing from as well was Aubameyang. seemed to play more central. He's been playing out wide a lot. And given that he's their best player, you would have thought he'd play him in his best position. And he scored a hat trick. I don't know they weren't all wonder goals, but sometimes having a striker that's a striker knows where he is. It helps so much. Yeah, I think it's, it's the first time I've had Saka. Obviously, Saka Odegaard, 
Smith Rowe and Aubameyang all as that front four together and yeah. I think you know it clearly works for them so it's just if they can get that out week after week and then performing you know can they get a run to push for the top four or what what do you think what will guys think he'll get the best out of the players around him I yeah. think he's a good signing yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. even after the game Bielsa came out and said that Arteta's tactics were the reason of the game yeah. he said he always hands up and said Arteta's tactics better than mine very modest thing Leeds they've conceded how many goals was it is it 42 and scored 42 scored 40 40 they are they are as much as I hate to say because they're always on TV because they're leads it's entertaining to watch because you know there's going to be goals as a Borough fan I have to say that they are really they've been really entertaining this this year yeah I love watching them I love betting on them because both teams score every time, every game. It's like the They will score a goal and they will concede a goal. Just Bamford, he's yeah. he is Rafinha uh, as well. He's quality. The funny thing about them too, the partnership that they've built up is because um obviously a lot of a lot of communication happens in football. They speak French on the pitch. Well, no, they're just what mute, and they play <laughs> football. Well, you were when you used to play. Yeah, so they speak French on the pitch. Um, with Rafinha obviously being Brazilian, speaking Portuguese, but spent a year in France. And Bamford being a posh boy, he went to private school, both speak French, so I think that, that might be why they t- they do well together. By the way, Harry is lying. Um, I was loud, very loud. He is just trying to make a, mo- make a fool of me, really. Do I make myself, mate? Just lying. So, at the end of every single podcast episode, um, we have the dugout discussion sub of the week. And so, Alex, who'd pick this week? Well, first of all, Ned nicked my little bit there. I was meant to announce her. But for me, it was Ryan Fredericks um, being the first concussion sub. And, well, funnily enough... Tonight, he's just been brought on in the 92nd minute and scored in the 96th. So it's a double whammy this week. Good 3-0 win for West Ham, that as well. In a fourth position. Very yeah. nice. Do you think there'll be a surprise late Champions League win, like Champions League position finisher? Well, I don't know. I don't... I, do they have enough firepower to stay in that position? They don't really have a striker. They've got Jared Bowen playing up front tonight. Which that might it. be a downfall. Just got to take it game by game then, don't they? I think, yeah. Not get carried away. Hopefully they'll find themselves in a Europa League spot come the end of the as long as you got and As long as you've got Thomas Suchek. He'll carry them all the way, don't you? <laughs> You're going to, because that guy scores. <laughs> Jirlings as well. Yeah. But um, thank you for listening to our first ever episode of the dugout discussion um hope you enjoyed listening and we'll see you next week see ya see ya